Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Amen. Truly, we are grateful and we are thankful for being here in his presence on today, and I do believe that God does have a word for us on today. Uh, We're going to get right into the word, amen, and uh, we're going to be speaking from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It's a very familiar scripture, praise the Lord, Uh, and you notice I have this rope that's tied around me, and um, uh, we will be um, giving some crude illustrations Amen, in regards to the message uh, on today. The title of God's message on today is God's Expectation. Okay, there we go. God's Expectation. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. He says, for I know the plans. This is the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, uh, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, The Amplified Version says to give you hope in your final outcome. The King James Version says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, that word expected, it has a very interesting meaning because it comes from a Hebrew word that literally means a cord or a rope as an attachment. So, so when you see what it says, for I know, for I, for I know uh, the thoughts, God's thoughts can be equivalent to, 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 to his plans and his purposes for your life. Uh, they can be uh, interchangeable with hope uh, in your future. And it's also, it can be interchanged with peace. So we're going to be talking about God's expectation, talking about uh, attachments, attachments. Now, thoughts themselves, they are uh, uh, or, or, or designed or they are released to become attachments. Amen. So, so when we talk about thoughts, we're talking about attachments. And this is what God is, 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 uh, is talking to Jeremiah about. He's talk, God is talking about my thoughts are going to become your attachments. Now, he's talking about a future thing, but uh, attachments can be uh, past, they can be present, or they can be future. And, and one of the problems and the challenges that many of us have as believers is that we are still attached to some thoughts, to some things from the past that are yet causing us problems in our present. And if we don't deal with them, and if we don't get them straight, they're going to yet cause us problems in our future. Can we say amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So, so we're talking about God's attachments, God's thoughts. Amen. Now, now, let me help you understand this further. So we who have children, or, or when you're talking to your parents, and, or your parents are talking to their, your, uh, their children, we, 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 we give them thoughts, and, 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 and we're trying to help them as we're counseling them. And, and thoughts, 
Thoughts come by way of words, okay? They come by way of words. So when we are talking to our children and we're giving them those thoughts, we, we are releasing those thoughts and giving them those thoughts for those thoughts to become attached. Yeah. Because we want those thoughts to become one with them and we want them to become one with those thoughts, okay? Because it creates an identity. And at the same time, those attachments, it becomes a rope. Now, if we could see in the spiritual realm and look at, you know, all of us, we would see that there are different attachments. Because many of us, we grew up in, in environments and in families and, 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 and in bad situations and circumstances where all kinds of crazy things were attached by way of thoughts. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and these thoughts, they have, you know, they, 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 they have followed us around like a rope through life. Everywhere we go, I don't care if we can move out of town, you can move out of state, it doesn't matter. These attachments, these thoughts that are causing us problems today are yet following us. Amen. God said in Isaiah chapter 55, he said, I know your thoughts. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. The things that are attached to you, they're, they're not me. Okay? Because see, God desires to be the one that's attached. Yes. Amen. He desires the one that's to, to, to be attached because, you see, when, when, when the gospel, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God. Come on. Let me say that again. The gospel is the power of God. Yes. Amen. So when the gospel is attached, amen, the power of God is attached. Amen. And, and, and the power of God becomes one with you. And you become one with the power of God, and therefore healing becomes uh, yes, yes, just like Jesus. Amen? Amen. When you receive Christ as your personal Savior, amen, Jesus, he becomes attached. Does he not? Amen. He, he becomes one with you. You become one with him. His healing becomes your healing. His deliverance becomes your deliverance. His peace becomes your peace. His strength becomes your strength. David says, the, 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 he said that the, the, the strength of the Lord, amen, comes from the Lord. My strength comes from the Lord. Amen. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So what do we do about these thoughts, these attachments, these ropes that follow us around? How do I get rid of them, preacher? You know, the, the Bible says that to, to, to take the, the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. For, for the Word is, is, is like a two-edged sword, amen? And it says that it can be piercing to the dividing of the soul and of the spirit and of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So in order to get rid of these things, we've got to learn how to take the word of God, amen, and use it like a sword, use it like some scissors, use it like a machete, use it like an axe, and we got to start chopping away at this stuff so we can be free. Okay, so I think we understand what God is saying here. Thoughts are the same as attachments. So you want to be careful when you're talking to people because somebody always got something to say about your life because they think they know more about, you know, you than you do, okay? You know, uh, young, young ladies, I know you understand this. 
So when that smooth mouth rascal comes around, <laughs> hear me now, and, 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 and he starts woo woo woo. <laughs> so so you, you need to understand what he's trying to do. He, he's trying to make an attachment. Amen. He's he's trying to to make his thoughts become your thoughts so that you can become one with his thoughts and his thoughts become one with you. And before you know it, you you hitched. You you, you got a rope around you. Hear me now. You you, you got a rope around you and you hitched and you don't even know you hitched. Okay. Okay. Amen. How much time? Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, here we go. So, so we, we're going we're, we're going to uh, go to our first definition here, because I've got to move. Our first definition for God's expectation, God's expectation. Uh, first definition, we're going to give you three. You can write them down. The first one is God's expectation is a reality not yet lived, but one that shall be. Okay, because when God was speaking to Jeremiah, he was talking about a future. God's expectation is a reality not yet lived, but one that shall be. Okay? A reality. You haven't lived it yet, but you're going to live it. That's what he was telling Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you're not living it right now. Things don't look so good, but there's a future you that looks much better than what you look right now. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Now, Joseph, God gave Joseph an expectation in a dream. He told Joseph, Joseph, you're going to be ruler over over your mom, your dad, over everyone. So sometimes God will give you an expectation. It comes by way of a dream or by way of prayer. And here's one that's that's closest to home. And you've heard the story about this church. Pastor Saul said he was praying one day, and and he said God spoke to him and said, I'm going to give you a church that sees a thousand people. Okay, that was God's expectation, okay? And as you know, uh, that that, that was some weeks that that passed by. Okay, let me do this. Okay, I got this rule. Okay, that podium, that's Pastor Saul. Get a good look at it. Okay, so he's praying in the present, okay? God said, I'm gonna give you a church. Okay, now, here I am, I'm the church. He's praying in, in the present, in the now, and the moment that God said, I'm gonna give you a church, it was attached to this church in the future. That church became a reality. Now, he hadn't lived it yet. Yeah, but he was going to. It was just as much a reality as when God said it, as it is in the future. Yeah. Because you have to understand something, that God is not limited by time, or space. God is outside of time and God is outside of space. Okay? So, so, so the same God that's looking at you right now in your present, he also sees you in your future. So that, that's why I live by the motto, and, and it's a good one, and that is to always give tomorrow a chance. Don't, don't, don't count out tomorrow because you don't know what God has for you. So, so God spoke to Pastor Saul, going to give you a church. Weeks, months later, don't know, it, even though it looked like it wasn't going to happen, lo and behold, here we are, we are experiencing the reality of God's expectation today. Are we not? Yeah. Amen. 
Okay, let's go to Psalms chapter 27, verse 13 and 14. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. David said, what, what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? The King James Version said, surely I would have fainted if I had not believed. Now, now notice David says, what would have become of me had I not believed to see the Lord's goodness? Okay, now the Lord's goodness for David was that he was going to be king. God spoke to Samuel. He said, Samuel, I want you to go to Jesse's house. He got some boys over there, and I want you to uh, anoint one of them. They're going to be king. Now, Jesse had 10 kids. He had eight boys and two girls. So Samuel gets there, and there's only seven boys there. David is not even considered. He's, He's completely ignored because they figure, hey, king, this is the man's job. Okay? But when, when Samuel gets there, God don't tell him to lay to put it all on any of them. So he asks, yeah, you got, you got to have some more boys somewhere. Well, yeah, that's that little, uh, you know, ready runt kid in the back. You know, he's out there watching the sheep. So, so, hey, look, don't let anybody count you out. Now, so, so, so he said, go get him. He shows up and okay, he's the one. God pulls all on him. Now, David went through all kinds of things, okay? Went through all kinds of things, okay? Here's my crude illustration again. Okay, David, he was around 17, you know, give or, t- give or take a few years. He was an adolescent, a teenager. So God anoints him in his present. Okay, that, okay, now that podium is David. Okay, take a good look at it. He's David. So, so God speaks to him and says, he anoints him to be king. And David didn't become king until some almost when he was around the age of 25 or so. In the future. Way in the future. But up until then, there was all kinds of things that happened to David. The bears came out and tried to maul him to death, tried to kill him. Lions showed up. He had to deal with the lion. Giants came out, breathing down threats, breathing down his neck. Saul chasing him all over the countryside because he had hit men out on him, wanting to kill him, all those things. But you see, you have to understand something about God's expectation for your life. Uh, It's it's unchangeable. It's not subject to change. Because it's a reality. And nothing can stop God, stop God's reality or his future for your life. Because even though things may not look good right now, grace Regardless of what's happening, even, listen, the, the bears of life, they may show up to try to maul you to death, okay? Giants of life, they may be breathing down threats down your neck, doesn't matter. God's grace deals with all of those things. He deals with all of those things because you have a future. Coronavirus shows up, that doesn't make any difference. If you have a future, you're going to live and you're going to not die. It it, it doesn't matter because God's expectation is permanent. It's fixed and it's in place. Yes, yes. So God's expectation, God gives you an expectation. Why? To help you to deal with your now. God gives you an expectation or a peep or a glance at your future or his plans and purposes for your life 
Because it's to help you to deal with the troubles that you're facing today. It's to help you to deal with the, 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 the adverse circumstances, uh, the, 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 the mountains, uh, the troubles, the frustrations, and all those things that show up in your present, in your now. That's so you don't throw in the towel in your now. That's so you don't give up before you reach what God has for you. Can we say amen? amen. That's so you don't go and try to find the nearest and the highest bridge and jump off of it because of everything that's going on. Can we say amen? amen. So David had to deal with all those things. And the Bible says that because he believed that he would see God's goodness, he did not faint. He did not faint. Okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to jump over. I'm going to give you this particular note. And that is, faith in your future helps you to maintain faith in your present or in your now. Faith in your... Faith, faith, okay. Faith in your future, it, it helps, it, it helps supports the faith in your now. David says that if I hadn't had faith in what God had showed me and what God said I was going to be, I would have passed out. You know, I would have went to bed and never got up. But, but, but because he had faith in his future, it supported him in his right now. See, you need to believe in what God has for you. That's so you don't pass out today. Because faith in your future, it encourages you in the things that you are going through right now. And I know a lot of people are going through a whole lot of stuff in their now. But that doesn't move God. You know why? Listen, when God decided on what he wanted you to be, what he wanted you to do, and what he had for you, none of those things were uh, factored into God's decision. Where you were born, how you were born, how you got here, what you have, what you don't have, your lacks, your weaknesses, none of that. Why? Because this is, what, this is how God does it. You know, God does things what we, what we think is backwards. So when, when God starts with us, he starts here. He starts in our future. This is where he starts. God, God, don't, God don't start when you were born, okay? God starts here. And, and anything that needs to be done in order to, 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 to get you here, he, he deals with it. Grace abounds. It gets you there. And so, if, so, 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 so if God chose us or decided what he wanted us to be, according to what we had and how we looked, most of us would never make it. Because the Bible says to God, he chooses the weak things. He chooses the lowly things. He chooses those things that are not. He chooses the the things that are despised. Why? Because he's going to add whatever is lacking. So so, so when he he measures you on the scale, you don't have to have much. You may only have a thimbleful. But he's going to add the rest to cause you to measure. He gives you what you need. So, 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 so hear me now. 
So, so you can stop shying away from your calling. You can stop shying away from what God has called you to do. You, you can stop looking at yourself and saying, I don't have what it takes, and, 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 and I don't have this, and I don't have that, and, and I got this going on. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're chosen by God. See, we do things different, uh, human beings, we do things different when we want to win. Amen. When we want to win, you know, when you're out there on the basketball court or in the park and, and you're choosing your team, okay, on this side, you got all of the superstars. On this side, and I'm not calling anybody misfits, you got all the misfits. No, no skills, don't know how to hardly do anything. So, so when we get ready to choose which group we gonna turn to, the human, hey, we, hey, we gonna turn to the superstar. Hey, I want Shaq, I want Kobe, I, I want Kurt, I, I want all of them. Not God. God turns to this group, the misfits. He said, oh, don't, don't have any skills? You're lacking this, lacking that, Harlequin, driven know how to shoot? Ah, two thumbs up. Yeah, that's my group right there. Because God is gonna add whatever is needed. See, you and God is a majority. Come on. Hear me now. You and God is a majority. You and God is a majority. So God starts with the final outcome. Amen. Okay. Definition number two. Got to move. Got to go over some stuff. Definition number two. God's expectation. We're talking about God's expectation. God's expectation is a fact of the future. Hear me now. God's expectation is a fact of the future. You say, well, how can it be a fact and it's in the future? Well, when you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament are full of facts about the future. Daniel, uh, when you, Daniel has some facts uh, about the future, about the, the one empire that would turn into the four empires. He was talking about Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, you know who Alexander the Great is, but he had four generals, and when, and, 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 and when he died, his four generals, they went their own separate ways, and they formed four empires. In, in Isaiah and in, in other prophets, it talks about facts of the future about Jesus, where he was going to be born and how he was going to be born. I mean, Isaiah was so accurate, you thought he went to the future and came back. That's just how accurate he was. Facts of the future. Yeah. So, 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 so it doesn't matter what your facts look like right now because those facts are subject to change. And if God has some different facts for you, if he has some different facts to you in your future, then that means your facts in your present are going to change. So don't be alarmed because things are not looking like you want them to look right now. You just keep trusting God. You keep believing in God and your facts will change. Can we say amen? Okay. That, that was, uh, uh, Lord have mercy. Okay. We're going to go to number three. Hallelujah. Number three, definition number three, because I want to spend a little bit of time here. Definition number three, it says, God's expectation is a date with destiny. God's expectation is a date with destiny. The, the, the Apostle Paul, in, in, uh, in, in Acts chapter 27, I believe, he was on a ship. Uh, they was taking him to Rome, and the storm came up. Waves of fear, winds of doubt, and the storm was being broken apart. I mean, the ship was being broken apart. So an angel shows up, and he tells, he tells, uh, uh, 
tells uh, Apostle Paul, he says, hey, Paul, everything's all right. The ship's going to be lost. Yeah, but tell everybody to stay with the ship because you have a date with destiny. You have to appear before the king. So it, it happened just like he said it was going to happen. Paul says, and he, then Paul encouraged everybody else because he had been encouraged. Hey, it's going to be all right. They hadn't eaten weeks. He told them, you need to eat. Stay, uh, 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 make, keep your courage. Don't throw it over the, over, overboard like you're throwing all this other stuff. Hold on to your courage. Everything's going to be all right. And it happened just like that. They made it to the shore. Paul is picking up wood. A snake bite him. And they figure, oh, ah, he escaped the storm, but he's not going to escape this poisonous snake. No. Nah. Paul shook it off. Why? Because he knew he had a date with destiny. Oh. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Amplified version says, In him we also were made God's heritage, his portion, and we obtained an inheritance, for we had been foreordained, chosen and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose, who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. Now notice what it says. We were foreordained, foreordained, foreordained. Chosen and appointed beforehand, how? According to his purpose. You were chosen according to God's purpose. Listen, no, 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 nobody creates something or they make something without knowing what it's for. You start with the purpose first. Yeah. Hear me now. So, so, so when God got ready to, when he was choosing you because you was chosen, God had a purpose. And he looked and says, hmm, I think this, this, this person here uh, uh, fit good for this purpose. You were chosen for that purpose. See, see we, we were not just chosen to be. We were chosen to do also. Yeah. Most of us think we just chosen to be and we thought we we about being. No, you you were chosen to do something. In, in other words, your very reason for being here is because God had a purpose for you. That's why he chose you according to purpose. So 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 nobody nobody creates something without knowing what it's for. Yeah. God did not wait for you to be born and then stood back and says, "Hmm, what am I going to do with this rascal?" No, what, what? No, he already knew what he was going to do with you. That's why you were called. That's why you were chosen. Yes, yes. You were chosen according to his purpose. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, it says, God said to him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. The Amplifier says, I approved of you. So here God is, he's telling Jeremiah. Before you were born, I knew you. Same as you. Before you, God knew all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, I set you apart. 
That's the foreordained, foreordained. I've gone through ordination. Ordination is a, it's an official ceremony. You know, you go through classes, all that stuff, and then they pray for you, and then you are appointed to ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what ordination is. You become ordained. Well, guess what? God ordained you before you were here. That's what he's saying. I chose you and then I ordained you. I set you apart to do something. I didn't choose you and then not give you something to do. I had something for you to do before I chose you. I had an expectation for you before I chose you. A date with destiny. A purpose. Purpose is also a resolution. What is a a resolution? A resolution is a strong desire to do something. A lot of us, we have a strong desire not to do anything. We, (laughs) hear me now, hear me now, as my Jamaican friend would say, hear me now. They don't pronounce the H sounds in their words. So, so, so you had, you have a purpose. You've always had one. That's why you are here. It's because you have, God has an expectation for, you have a future. One that does not change. It does not change. As Pastor Saul said, there are, there, there are people that are depending on you to do what you're supposed to do. And when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they go lacking. You, you all know the movie, uh, 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 I know you know it, The Lion's King. My God, you got to know The Lion's King. They've had like two or three versions of The Lion's King. So here's the young cub. He's next in line to be king. Yeah, but you know, he, he wanted to do, yeah. You know, he's young, new generation. And he takes off and he's going, you know, across the other side of the jungle. He's doing his own thing. You know, his dad has passed away. And, and all of the animal world, they're in trouble. But he's off doing his own thing over here. And one day, the spirit of his father shows up. You know, Earl Jones in that deep voice. You know. <clears throat> what did he tell him? You have forgotten who you are. <laughs> I wish my voice was a little bit deeper. Yeah. <laughs> You have forgotten who you are. But guess what? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is here today. And he's telling some and he's reminding others that you up there online, down here, you have a date with destiny. You have a date with destiny. God has something for you to do. It doesn't matter that, 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 that you don't think you have what, what it takes. It doesn't matter. God is going to add whatever you are lacking. Can we say amen? Let us stand to our feet on today. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to do this one more time. Okay. Now... Everybody take a good look at that podium, and I want you to see yourself. That's you. That's it. Everybody, that podium is you. Whoever you are, that's you. 
And every one of us We got an attachment. We got a rope tied around us. It's not one you can see. But God's attachments, his thoughts, same thing. Spiritual ropes, you can't see them. Each one of us. We got a rope tied around us, an attachment. That's you. And at the end of that attachment, that's me, that, that, that is, 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 is destiny. You got a date with, it's, it's destiny. It's, it's a reality, not yet lived but one that shall be. Concerning, concerning facts of your future. And the Bible says one of the, one of the things that the Holy Spirit comes to do, and that is to show you things to come. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I, 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 can, I, I can ever now and then know what's to come. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what the Holy Spirit, that's part of his job, part of his responsibility, is to show you things to come. To keep you on course, to keep you focused. Because it's easy to lose focus when things, when madness is going on. It's easy to lose focus. But God's expectation, it helps you to maintain your focus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is challenging you. God is speaking to you today. It's, it's time to be about my father's business. Amen. Time to be about my father's business. Again, it's not about who you are, who you think you are, who you think you're not. God has a plan for you. Doesn't matter. There's more to you than what you realize. When the angel showed up to Gideon in Judges chapter 6, called him a mighty man of valor. I mean, Gideon, he started to look around. I mean, you can't be talking about me. I'm over here hiding from the enemy. And the angel told him, read it. He says, he, he, he says to, 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 to go in the strength that you have. Now notice, he didn't ask him how much he had. He didn't ask him how much he had. He said, you go with whatever you have. And, and, and Gideon would mark what his remarks were, Lord, you've chosen the weakest family in Bakersfield. Well, in his Gideon's case, it was Manasseh. You've chosen the weakest family in Manasseh. And not only that, I'm the weakest in this weakest family. Didn't matter to God. Remember? God chose the misfits. They had two thumbs up. Good to go. He chooses those who are lacking, those who are weak, those who don't have what it takes. He gives you what it takes. In him we live. In him we move. He adds his attachments. Gives us what we need in order to accomplish the job and the task that we were chosen for. If you're here today, amen. And you may not know Jesus. And you'd like to know what your future is going to be. I mean, the very first attachment is Christ. I give myself away. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came to this world to be attached to men and women, to become one with them so that they could become him and, 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 and he becomes them. To create a oneness, to establish an identity. And for you know it, you're looking like Jesus, you're walking like Jesus, you're talking like Jesus. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.